A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Episode 7, Thriving in Modern Motherhood with Motherkind co-founder Zoe Blasky. Welcome to the Alternatively Healthy Podcast. I am your host, Becky Rabin, personal trainer, wellness coach, and founder of online wellness magazine, Alternatively Healthy. This is your high-vibe, soul-soothing weekly dose of wellness. Each week, I will be getting up close and personal, bringing you conversation and insight with some of the wellness industry's most renowned health practitioners, coaches, experts, and thought leaders from around the world. Through our podcast, we hope to give you all the information, resources, and tools that you need to help shape the healthiest and happiest version of you. Zoe is a pregnancy teacher, certified coach, and meditation teacher. She is also trained in various self-development techniques and has a background in 12-step recovery. Zoe is on a mission to support mothers in connecting back to ourselves through the mayhem of modern motherhood. Through Motherkind, Zoe hosts the Motherkind podcast. She runs events, workshops, and offers one-to-one work for mums, all with a view to aim to help mums be the healthiest, happiest selves. I have the lovely Zoe from Motherkind today, and this one's a really interesting one because we're going to be doing Thriving in Modern Motherhood, mm-hmm. which is obviously, I think all of the other ones I've done podcast-wise, I've kind of been in my depth, in my zone, but obviously not being a mum. This one's quite difficult for me. However, a lot of my friends have kids. That's all I want, is to just give up work and be a mum. So I'm super kind of interested to also ask from a point of view of maybe people that aren't mums. I don't want this to just be a podcast for those people that are mums or maybe people that are thinking about becoming mums or trying to get pregnant. Um, Just to kind of know what they expect. Yeah, and also a lot of what I talk about is quite universal for anyone of what I teach. Exactly, because it's all around the kind of self-love, self-care. And I've been asking some of my friends as well, and I've just been watching some of my friends recently. I've been having conversations with them or they've been over with their kids and I'm just like watching them break down at times and break down in places that a lot of my friends are quite young. And it's really interesting to see the rules and regulations that they think revolve around being what a mum is or what they have to be mm-hmm. and having to be kind of perfect so there's loads of lovely things we're going to touch on but firstly just tell us all about kind of your background because you weren't always doing mother kind were you no mother kind's quite a new thing so it's about six months old so it's still a little tiny newborn newborn we're um, doing very well yeah. for a newborn <laughs> bloody really well oh thank you yes yeah, so i've had sort of a bit i call it like a bit of a parallel life because i was in corporate world for 10 years in marketing but while I was doing those jobs every time I wasn't sort of there I was doing something to do with my own personal development Mm -hmm. and growth so I would like go on meditation retreats at the weekend and clearly not talk about it when I got back into my city the people that Um, can't handle that it's different now I think you know when I first started getting into it eight nine years ago seriously into meditation I I was almost like embarrassed I wouldn't talk Mm. about it now I feel the opposite I feel proud and I think that's still a bit of a taboo around it with some people. I, I think in my, I don't know if it's in my industry or my age group, but a lot of people still take the mick that I meditate. Yeah, maybe it's because it now I'm sort of out of that world. I'm, mm. I'm in more of like a well-being bubble, maybe. But yeah, yeah, I feel like it's changing, and I think you know, lots of corporates have well-being days now, yeah. which would never have happened when I was in the city. Did you have your children when you were? No, so I was sort of having this parallel life. So I got really into my own self-development and got fascinated by looking at my childhood and how that had 
some of the patterns had set me up for some unhappiness and some, you know, struggling with my relationship with myself. Mm -hmm. And so I've had loads of therapy around that. I got really into meditation. I got into yoga and I decided that I would stick with my corporate career, but just for fun, I thought, just for fun, I'm going to start doing some training. Mm -hmm. So I trained as a coach and I trained as a meditation teacher and I trained in yoga and all of that yeah exactly and all of that I think and it was never my plan really but all of that enabled me to leave that job the city sort of corporate life and I started doing freelance consulting and during that time I felt pregnant and then I had an amazing journey through my pregnancy where I really we were talking about a bit before we started but I really just felt guided Mm -hmm. and all the while in, in the back of my head I was thinking I wonder if you know, now that I'm a mum, could I do something more in the the well-being? And originally I thought to put my marketing and well-being together, I thought maybe I'd do a product or mm. something like that. And then what happened was during the first sort of six, seven months of Jessie's life, I really struggled with my mental health, which really? was a real surprise to me. Oh, so it kind of like came out of nowhere. Yeah, because I sort of thought I might struggle with the practicalities of being a mum, of course, because I've never yeah. done it. But I didn't think that I'd struggle on the mental side because, I, you know, I had such a strong understanding of myself. Yeah, you've done all that triggers stuff work, yeah. All my inner work, I was meditating every day. But what I saw was that I totally abandoned all of that stuff. You kind of resisted it. I just didn't do mm. it. You know, and in some ways... What, because you were busy? Or yeah, I was because, tired. Mm-hmm. I was tired. I was I think that's when even, like, I don't know if everyone meditates that's listening, but, like, even for me, like, when I'm tired, my practices all just go out the window. Yes. And then it's like a vicious cycle, Times isn't like it? Times that by yeah. 100, yeah. and that's what it's like having yeah. a newborn. So I just didn't do it. Mm. And then one day I was just sat there and I just realised, like, all that old stuff, all that old thinking, as I call it, was coming back so I, I was feeling less than I was really getting stuck into compare and despair so looking at other mums and thinking that I fell short of that yeah. I was really struggling to feel any joy and happiness yeah. even though it should be the time when I was feeling the most joyful and I realised it was because I hadn't done all the things that I know I need to do to keep myself feeling yeah. happy and positive so then I set about trying to fit it all in mm-hmm. with having a six-month-old, yeah. which I did. Yeah. And people started to ask me what I was doing. And other mums started to say, oh, you meditate. How do you fit that in? Or how do you do that? Or what does that look like? Or I'm so anxious. What do you do? And I realised that so many mums were struggling with the same thing yeah. that I was, particularly on the fear and anxiety side. There's nothing more triggering than having a baby in my experience if you've got any tendency towards fearful thinking, yeah. having a baby will, in my experience, really magnify that. So I just started helping a few friends, like really informally, doing a little bit of informal mm-hmm. coaching, like talking about fear, teaching a little bit of meditation, really informally. And then I just had the idea, well, maybe I could make this into a thing. Yeah. And because of my marketing background, the first thing I did, I was like, well, I better do a self Yeah, Always do that. Yeah. It's trained. <laughs> it's us. so bad though, because we sometimes don't let the magic happen. But yeah. Yeah, although in my experience, because at that point I did sort of feel quite guided into yeah. the kind. I was like, I'll do this survey, and you know, I thought I'll get about 20 responses mm-hmm. and that'll be fine. And I got like hundreds and hundreds. So Amazing. in a way I felt like at every step doors were broken. It just was meant to be. Yeah, and it yeah. was meant to be, and the results of that survey were like I was still sort of on the fence about it should I do this who am I I had a lot of imposter syndrome and the results who am I the who am I who am I to do this it's the worst thing it's the thief of all joy I think isn't it people say comparison now but I actually think the who am I who am I and the fear of being great is like I had it really strongly and yet on paper I was probably one of the best people ever to do this yeah, so the results of the survey like just blew my mind where 80% of the mums that filled it out I think it was about 350 mums wow. in the end, yeah. yeah. And this was just, just me on Facebook, yeah. you know, saying, Brilliant. do I want to do this? Yeah, 80% said that they felt anxiety or guilt most days. And is that anxiety around maybe things going wrong or worrying that your baby is okay or anxiety that you're not doing it properly or a bit of all of it? Yeah, I mean, it's different for everyone. Yeah. Like, I think all of us experience that fearful thinking mm. and that anxious thinking in ways that are quite unique. But I know for me, a lot of it was around 
I'm not good enough for mum, mm-hmm. I'm not good enough for her, I'm not doing it right. I, I don't, don't love her enough because I want time to myself or like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm doing it wrong, there's a better way to do it and I don't know about it. Yeah. You know, all that sort of, it's the opposite of a peaceful state really where, where we allow ourselves to just be okay with what we're doing and then... You know, Gil is just huge. I mean, I'm sure we'll get onto it. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we definitely got that. Talking a lot about Gil. Gil, yeah. And it was so funny, actually, because I did ask a few of my friends and I kind of asked them just where, you know, what they would say is the biggest thing. And every single one said dealing with mum Gil. And I actually had a friend here the other day. And if you're listening, I adore you. But she came over and she popped her two young kids on the floor and was like, take them. And she was just like, I need some time alone. I need it because I'm so lucky I have mums and I have two mums, like two grandparents that are like looking after the babies a couple of days a week for me to go to work or to go to something but I never do it so that I can just like be and she was like I feel awful thinking that but like I you know I'm thinking should I get a nanny should I get an au pair am I a bad person for thinking that and like the guilt that was just riddled over her about the fact that even she wanted time alone it was actually really quite hard to say never, she's like the most bubbly person ever and it was like you don't even really think but that kind of need and desire to be alone, that came up at one of our events as well. And like, what would you say is the kind of most important advice you would give a mum about making sure that they get some time alone to themselves? Well, the first thing that I'd say is that it's totally okay yeah. to crave time. I mean, it's more than okay, it's totally and utterly normal. I mean, if we think about our lives before we had children, when we needed some space, yeah. we would just go and get that. You know, even when we had a day off work, that would be a day in bed off work. Yeah. That isn't an option now. No. When you're ill, yeah, you're still not, parenting. Yeah, it's so, so, true. so I think it's really, really normal to crave that. And a lot of the mums that I work with when I'm coaching mums feel incredible guilt about that. And they make up stories about that. Mm. That must mean that I don't love my baby enough. And if we think about that, take that into another relationship, you know, all of us want time away from our yeah. friends, from our family, from our husbands, yeah. from our partners. That doesn't mean anything about the relationship. That's so true. But when it's our kids, we seem to make it mean something yeah. that I just don't think it does. So the first thing I'd say is absolutely we all need time to ourselves you know it's proven now there are loads of studies that tell us that actually cognitively we need that time and space to actually be a a normal yeah and we don't need long time I think there's a sort of rhetoric going around that we need spa weekends and you know massages and for 99.9% of mums utterly unobtainable yeah i'm talking about could we get 10 15 minutes of quality time on our own yeah is more than hours and hours and hours scrolling instagram that's the other thing i'd say is when you do get time to yourself try and be mindful or conscious as i would yeah. about how you're spending that time yeah you know so many of us get time to ourselves and then hear this a lot don't actually know what to do yeah. so i would say you know sit and pop on a guided meditation yeah. there's some on my website and just allow yourself to actually decompress i think you're right um, like people crave that alone time and then they sit there interacting with people on their phones yeah. or even sometimes i'm like okay not i've done my meditation but like i still craving some downtime i don't even want to read a book I don't want to listen to a podcast. I just want to sit in silence or go for a walk. It's very rare that you even be on your own completely. And I do remember the same girl. She came over and her, and I was at a different time and I was with the kids downstairs. And I went up and she was sitting on my bed reading a magazine. She was like, God, this is lovely. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And I kind of realised. And I, at one of our events, actually, Julie said that um, she gave a really bit of good advice. It was actually all mums that were asking questions. And she was like, take a bath. Like, go to the bathroom, yeah, even if you're not going to sit in the bath. I like, do a bath every night. Yeah. That's like, my mini sort of meditation wind down is that I'll have a bath every night and I'll put candles on yeah and I might put some like really gentle music on um yeah and just be and it doesn't need to be long like 10 minutes can have a massive impact and I think when we're tired as well there are some really really interesting studies coming out now that show that 20 minutes of meditation can be as effective and restorative as an hour's sleep wow I love it but I think the biggest thing with meditation is people are like, where do I begin? They overcomplicate that whole process. And I think when I'm saying meditation, I'm really just using it as a shorthand, to be honest. Meditation can be anything where you're just sitting with yourself. So I'm a massive fan of guided meditations. Mm -hmm. And you've got loads of them on your site. Yeah. Yeah. Or on YouTube, or you can like get an app, like Calm Mm -hmm. is a really nice app. Mm -hmm. I've got loads of guided meditations. It's basically just a way to... 
Switch off for a minute. Switch off, mm. yeah, and just be with yourself for five mm. minutes. And the impact that that will have on the rest of the day and how you parent is staggering. I mean, I'm like a one morning experiment of what happens when you don't do that because I ended up heap on the floor. And yeah. a lot of the mums that I work with just say to me, I can't believe how different I am awesome. just from having yeah. 10 minutes a day just to yourself. Just to yourself. Well, I'm even like that with my relationships with people in my life. Like, if I've meditated in the morning, my day considerably changes. And I can always tell when I'm in a different mood. It's always when I haven't meditated. But how I handle situations with people yeah. in either work or friendships, they seem to not bother me or I handle difficult conversations very well. So I can only imagine that if you're dealing with a child as well, your this patience is, sort of why is I'm like... why I'm so passionate about yeah. it. I don't think there are like a group in society that need it more no um, I think you're right it's I can so imagine. triggering it's unbelievably difficult it's always on you can't reason with a toddler you know mm. often they will do stuff that will trigger our own pain and then we're off into a whole other yeah you know well so I think you know they what don't really it, know what they're saying what they're doing what they just don't know like yeah it. so true and then just creating that like space that's what I call it and that what you were talking about it's just a little bit of space between our normal reactions our normal thinking and just taking a different choice in the moment you know that's the whole concept of, yeah. of mindfulness that i teach yeah. as well no it's really um, you i think you're right there probably isn't a more of a need for it there's not there's yeah. i don't think there's a group in society yeah, that right. needs this message that you know mother kind is about and you know i hook people up with other teachers mm. as well it's not it's not just me and it's not just meditation although for me, if you work with me, you have to do some yeah, sort of... Yeah, yeah, just 10 minutes guided. I don't expect people to be doing like... And what sort of other things do you say are kind of like must-dos if you're a mum? So meditation, yeah. like just to kind of be a little bit more mindful and, and kind of incorporate some you time as well into your life. What yeah, so, you like? so there's three things that I recommend. The first one is some sort of meditation mm-hmm. we've talked about. The second one is journaling. Yeah, I love it. So Again, it's hard though. I tell people to just keep going with mm-hmm. it so yeah. five minutes everyone's got five yeah. minutes you know we just have to maybe deprioritize something else just free writing ask yourself a question mm-hmm. so this is what i do is you know if i sit down like you know buy yourself a beautiful journal mm-hmm. and people that work with me i send them a beautiful journal yeah. before we start working together so. and then just ask yourself a question like you know what did i do really well today or well, i love how you said that because that's like what you're acknowledging something you've done gratitude and you're like yeah, yeah. Well, that's the other one is, is yeah. I, I always recommend a gratitude list yeah so when with the journaling or you could say you know what's going on in my life that I'm trying to avoid like these powerful questions that are really empowering mm. questions because I think especially with mum life like exactly like you're saying with your friend a lot of us might be lucky enough to have some childcare, but normally that's so that we can work yeah So I think what happens is, and I saw this with my own mum, you know, years and years and years and years of being on that hamster wheel, of being busy, having no time for ourselves, we end up at a place where we didn't often want to end up. Or we're Mm -hmm. almost like, you know when you drive to work and you're like, how did I get there? Because you're just, your thoughts are like, that can happen in our lives as mums. Mm -hmm. And I see that time and time again. Just like like clockwork. You're just like doing and yeah, not being at all. Yeah, you're not yeah. being at all, and or you're not aware of what's really going on. Everything's operating at such a like surface level, which it has to. You know, the kids need to get to nursery, the food needs to be made, or school, or we need to get to work. The house needs to be clean. We need to do admin. You know, there's a million things. Mm. But if we're living life at that level all the time, I think that's a shame. Yeah. And journaling is one way into this idea of like a bigger sense. How am I doing? How am I feeling? Yeah. Actually getting your feelings out that you probably didn't even know were there. Yes. This is what happens to me every night. So I've been doing this every night. So you do it in the evenings. I can't figure out if I prefer it in the mornings or the evenings. I feel like it stresses me out a bit in the mornings because I've always got to be somewhere. Yeah, so So you rush it. um, The mums that I work with mornings are like... It's normally chaos. So I always say, you know, uh, and again, this is why I started Mother Kind because all the stuff I was reading was like meditate and journal in the morning. And I was like, not if you've got kids that get up at six Mm. or earlier Mm -hmm. and, you know, need you, just not going to happen. So I would say, you know, lunch times can be quite good if you're working, you know, get Mm. out of the office or wherever you are for 10, 15 minutes and and do do some writing or or evenings yeah I do evenings because Jessie goes down at seven so then you've got the, yeah. I've got the evening and, and I have my bath I just reconnect wind down I guess you wake up in a good mood as well because you've like wound down before you've gone to bed yeah 
No, that's really interesting that you've like flipped it because I think I definitely have started journaling. I started doing it on my computer because I wanted to save what I was writing. Right. But then I felt like I wasn't actually feeling what I was meant to be feeling. It's not yeah, the same. Yeah, it's not the same. And yeah. I actually always advise, there's something about, and there's some studies now that show like a pen with a hand and the way that we're moving our hand and how that works with wow. our brain. Yeah, yeah, it's so interesting. Like, connect with what you're All this saying. stuff that we've known for years that now the sort of scientific community get interested in and studying and it's proving really what we've known is that journaling is like a shortcut to... But also incredible things. Like a lot of my yeah. friends that are mums are like at that stage now where they want to go back to work or they love their children but you know they've, they've decided to have two children quite young or one children like one child quite young and are now like I don't know what I want to do because I miss I guess maybe the age that they are they're like I miss that like transitional period that you've all gone through with work yeah and I said like have some time and like write down the things that make you happy and I, I like can't be a bigger advocate for journaling because the biggest thing for me is that sometimes things come out that like you would like really trying to figure out or you didn't even know needed figuring out and they just come out and you're like wow that's what I'm meant to do or I need to speak to that person always because you allow your thoughts to actually come out and I know it sounds strange to some of you that maybe haven't ever written before but just as Zoe said like getting a piece of paper getting a book getting a nice journal just, it does sound writing weird whatever and, and, happens. and yeah. a lot of people that I work with have real resistance to it they're like what would I write I'm mm. like, it doesn't matter. And as we say, that's why I always advise not to do it on the computer because you don't really ever want to read it back. No. And also, yes. a lot of people are like, what if someone reads it? I'm like, honestly, you know, rip them up. It doesn't matter. What's important and why journaling works is it's the process of connecting yeah. with what's going on with us. Now, you're not sitting there writing a to-do list. Yeah. That isn't journaling. Journaling is asking yourself a powerful question. How so, are you feeling? How am I feeling? Yeah. What am I avoiding? What do I want to create more of in my life right now? What struggles am I having with parenting? And does this remind me of anything else in my life? Really powerful questions. And then free writing on those. And it will take a while, but, you know, I've worked with loads and loads of mums now and, and loads of non-mums as well on this. And it always, people always say, I can't believe the clarity. You definitely, definitely said that journaling is something that we should be going into. And then the next one you said was gratitude, having yeah. a little bit more self-bloody respect for what you've achieved and what you've done and like the greatness in your life I guess exactly right? because I think our mum lives are and lives in general mm. not just mums but are so full of getting stuff done yeah and often you know we know our brains are wired to focus on the negative the negativity bias you know studies have shown that we need five positive things to weigh out the impact of one negative thing mm. and that's the way that our brains are wired yeah. we cannot change that but I think it's our responsibility to focus on the good and if we mm -hmm. don't focus on it we won't see it so yeah. it can feel like all we're seeing is stuff that's gone wrong yeah. so he didn't eat his food or I was late to work or I'm feeling really overwhelmed or I cannot get on top of the bloody laundry pile that's mm. my life yeah. you know I've got so much life admin to deal with and I don't know how I'm going to get it done my mum-in-law's coming at the weekend in the house it can feel like life just starts to become really joyless yeah. and just as a practice if I write down a lot of things but you know even five things of just stuff that went well every, morning, every day every evening every or morning every evening yeah. just stuff that went well and then it does rewire your brain and it's a way of like changing nothing in your life but actually noticing the good yeah. stuff and some people say oh I've got nothing to be grateful for and I'm like well of course you have yeah. yeah did you manage to get out of bed this morning yeah. did you have two legs that walked you to the bathroom and you had fresh water yeah. like most of the planet don't don't, have that. can't yeah. walk and get fresh clean drinking water so I'm not you know I'm not talking about big things mm. I can think sometimes people think writing about things we're grateful for like I got promotion or it's the opposite, opposite. it's the tiny yeah. little things that make us think actually it's not that's that a really bad. good thing no I, I mean I definitely do that and I have to say again I think it's one of those things that if you're new to this because I know a lot of my mum friends will be listening to this like I don't meditate I don't journal like and they'll probably be going oh really like really can I do that can I, can I? and there is a resistance to it but I think it's one yeah. of those things that until you do it that one time and you see how much your mind rewires your day changes and everything else unfolds completely differently well, resistance is yeah. really normal we tend to resist anything that's mm. different or new you know yeah, even like very true. even like you know changing our breakfast cereal we yeah. tend to resist you know because we like habits and we like doing things the way we've done things so I always say like don't listen to what I say try it and if in 10 days you know you've done this every day and you feel no different try something else yeah. 
you know, and that can be exciting in itself, thinking I am responsible, you know, a core part of mother consciousness. Yeah. We are responsible for our experience of our lives. Yeah. And part of that is thinking, what can I do? And it might be journaling, it might be gratitude, it might be meditation, it might be yoga, mm. might be getting out in the sun, might be working with a coach, might be that you need to get therapy, that loads of your childhood stuff's coming up yeah. as a result of parenting that happened yeah, all I was the just time. About to go on to so, that. yeah, so yeah, I that think... was the bit that I forgot. Ah, that was the bit that I forgot. There we go. Yeah. Again, like, I think what you're saying, all these things that you're saying are so relatable with everything in in life. Yeah, of course. And, it, and it, but I can imagine how heightened it is when your mum and one of the things you're really talking about is like have I done this correctly and have I done that correctly and one of the biggest things that's come out of all of our podcasts is the need to kind of be following rules and regulations and restrictions so whether it's a diet that everyone's doing at that moment in time whether you're weight training not training one of the biggest things that came out of my workshop the other week was well how do I meditate and people aren't listening to what feels good for them yeah so what you're basically saying is the same thing it's like find what you enjoy or what works for you instead of worrying about what others are doing and you mentioned right at the beginning about comparison yeah does that stem from this need of like looking like the perfect mum all the time so I know that's a big thing I've seen amongst a lot of my friends with kids is that they've got this desire to be like the perfect mum and I don't know who is that for is that for themselves it's really yeah I think it's multi-layered yeah so I think the first thing is often before we have kids we have masked maybe some of our low esteem by controlling everything and by trying to make things seem perfect in our lives and when you throw kids into the mix that absolutely it just doesn't happen like you can't Can't control kids and you can't make kids perfect therefore so often we're confronted with that coping mechanism we can't use anymore Mm. and that's where often a lot of the anxiety can come from because yeah. we're trying to control and make things perfect and seem successful so a lot of us through our 20s have been used to success yeah. we've been used to kind of having good jobs yeah. like exactly getting promotion like meeting someone falling in love or not or whatever your you know your mm-hmm. path is to motherhood yeah. and then suddenly we're asked to totally redefine what this idea of perfect. success is yeah. and perfect is and what I see a lot of mums is taking those tools into motherhood and it does not work because Mm. you can't be successful at motherhood like you can't there's no promotion there's no you know there's no review there's nothing you just have to figure it out have to figure Mm -hmm. it out so I think that's the first thing that can happen I think the second thing that can happen is that we love our kids I know when I had Jessie I just couldn't believe how much I loved her yeah. And I think that's quite universal. Yeah. It's like, I can't believe, and I just would do anything to be the best mum I can be for yeah. her. And I think if we haven't learned how to hold that idea quite lightly, that can bring with it a Lots massive of dose yeah. of perfectionism. So mm. I want to be the best mum for, for me. her. Everyone yeah. does. People then set themselves crazy, like, I'm going to cook her organic homemade three meals a day every day I'm never going to shower her I am always going to be present I'm never because it comes from such a good place but actually a lot of it is totally unrealistic and that's where a lot of our guilt can come from so I think you know what I teach I talk about a lot is wanting to be the best mum is amazing I think we all want that I don't think there's anyone that becomes a mum who's like oh you know but I think the freedom in that is learning to be a good enough mum and actually teaching our kids how to be perfectly imperfect yeah, and teaching lovely. them yeah but actually they, they need to learn those they need yeah. to learn that they yeah. don't want a perfect mum they need a real mum who can teach them how to handle adversity mm. who teaches them what it looks like when your day goes wrong and you're able to laugh about it anyway yeah who sees us go through stress overwhelm change and handle it. And handle it. That's by what they need to expressing see. our feelings, by dealing with it, by allowing ourselves to get help when we need. Like that's what they need to be modelled to them. Not yeah, that's actually so back. interesting. Never yeah. thought of it because we carry so much as children, and we'll go on to that. But I think we're now nicely leading on to mum guilt. Right. So it's a huge phenomenon. Like yes. it's such a big thing, and I guess everything I've seen with my friends, I've been like, "Oh, do you want to come out this weekend?" And they're like, "Oh, like." It's really bad. Like, how can I go out for a drink? And I've got kids that are young, like... And actually, spoken to a friend last night about it, and she was like, you know, 
it is a really, really big thing. Talk to me about what is going on in this kind of like, what is it that stems that, that just the need to be perfect or where is this coming from? Yeah. That whole mum guilt. It's massive. Yeah. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Them. You do a lot of work on it in the industry, and it's kind of one of your big focus points, isn't it? To kind of help moms, yeah, just it. because or just make friends with it. Partly, I mean, I think when I became a mum, I was sort of shocked because I'd come from this background of like I'd been well into personal development mm-hmm. and spirituality, and you know, really believed that we all deserve to feel good about ourselves, and yeah. I believe I deserve to feel good about ourselves, and you know, as one of our favourite teachers. Gabby Bernstein says, yeah. joy is our birthright. Yeah. So then when I became a mum, two things really shocked me. One was the rhetoric around drinking, but we'll get yeah. into that later, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, that we should deal with the stress of motherhood through gin, which yeah. I absolutely don't think we should. Yeah. yeah, and so the other thing, which is just feeling guilty, is part of being a mum, that it's fine for us to constantly feel guilty. And, mm. and I was really surprised by that because guilt is such a, a negative... Yeah, such a powerful feeling. Powerful yeah. feeling. And I think, you know, I talk a lot about the difference between guilt and shame. Yeah. You know, so we'll get into it. So I thought, God, I don't think it's okay to feel guilty all no. the time. So I sort of talk about guilt. There's two types of yeah. guilt. So the first guilt, which we've been talking about a bit, which is totally unreasonable guilt. Yeah. So when we feel guilty for wanting time alone, when we feel guilty for working even, Mm. when we feel guilty that we haven't been the perfect mum that day, I would say that's totally unreasonable guilt. And I encourage mums to look at what are the standards that you're setting yourself? What's really important comes back to values. What's really important for you and Mm -hmm. your family? And if it is around, say, healthy eating, like, what could you set yourself as a really realistic goal? And it comes back to just being much, much kinder to ourselves. And in my experience of working with mums with this, like, 90% of guilt comes from that place of it's Um, unreasonable Mm -hmm. guilt. And then actually what's interesting is when you work with mums, and I speak to lots of mums, and often that feeling of not being good enough has been ever-present. And it really manifests, as I was saying, because we love our kids and we so want the best for them. Yeah. And I think, you know, some people have said, well, actually, if I'm honest, I've always felt a bit not good enough at work. And I've always felt a bit guilty when I've been on holiday and not checked my emails. Mm-hmm. I've always felt a bit guilty. So it's actually I think, just frightening something I think that's a lot there. of us have that yeah. in our relationship with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Actually, 100%. it's not okay to just be enough. Yeah. And it totally is okay to be enough. In fact the best gift that we can teach our kids is their enoughness. Yeah. Is that them, as they are, 
perfectly imperfect, scrabbling through life, doing our best, like that's freedom, you know, and that's happiness. That's so I think I think yeah. that's the, the first thing on the guilt is that yeah. mostly we just need to be kinder to ourselves and give ourselves a break. And actually I've been reading loads of studies about this. I'm a bit of a study geek. That's you can amazing. probably tell, but yeah, there was a study done a couple of years ago in America, and they, it was quite big, like 5,000 mums, and there was actually no difference in the level of guilt experience between working mums and stay-at-home mums. Wow. So this isn't about whether we work or not. Yeah, So stay-at-home so mums experience just, just as, as much. much guilt, you know, and that guilt might be coming from a place of, I don't have a place in the world anymore. You know, or sometimes the stay-at-homers were saying, well, I feel guilty when I've got so much cleaning and stuff to do in the house and I'm not with the kids. And the working mums are saying, well, I'm not with the kids because I'm working. You know, yeah, it's, it's, just it's the same. general epidemic of... Yeah. yeah, so it's this general feeling of I'm not good enough. And, mm-hmm. and my message in a lot of kind is you absolutely are good enough. I mean, we need to give ourselves a break and be kinder to ourselves, which, of course, is what it's called. Mother kind. That's such a lovely name. And then the second guilt is reasonable guilt. Yeah. So often in our pre-mum life, we might feel guilty when we forgot to send a friend a birthday card Mm -hmm. or we did something. We were like, oh, that doesn't align to who I am in the world. So there are feelings of guilt which are reasonable. So, for example, if you want to parent and one of your core values is around communication and constructive communication and you find yourself yelling at your kids for everything they do and like that snappy curt maybe sarcastic Mm -hmm. like just put your effing shoes on tone if that is happening all the time and you're feeling guilty about that that's probably a reasonable feeling of guilt yeah because guilt tends to arise when we act out of the way isn't in line with who we want to be or, or our values so then I would say, get aware of that. Yeah. So why am I feeling guilty about this? Because it's not how I want to show up as a parent. And then it's an invitation to do some inner work. Yeah. So what's what, really yeah. going on? Why are you shouting at your kids all the time? And I'm not talking about the odd, you know, snappy. Yeah. Everyone does that. I'm talking about a deviation that feels That's quite constant. big from a core yeah. value. Yeah. And then a lot of the mums I work say, I'm exhausted. Mm. And then I would work with them to be like, okay, how can we get some more breaks in your day? Or I'm so stressed at work. And when they don't put their shoes on to get out the door and I think my boss is going to shout at me to be late for another meeting, it blows my lid. And yeah. then I might teach them some mindfulness techniques or we might start having trained to have some courageous conversations at work about going in at a different time. So I think it's about using these emotions and this is what I'm so passionate about is I think we can use any of our emotions to get to know ourselves better and make things nicer for ourselves and our families it's not about ignoring it or accepting that guilt is part of being a parent it's about am I feeling constantly guilty for things that I shouldn't be unreasonable guilt then it's working on that self-love muscle yeah which is the same thing I guess as even someone I think there's two things I'm like really interested in what you're saying as someone that doesn't have children Mm. but either does have friends or is very much at a point in her life like I would have children tomorrow like I'm Mm. at that stage two things is how amazing it is that actually god you need to teach your children like we learn so much from childhood like and we'll probably stem on to that yeah and we'll stem on to that because I actually do want to talk about how you're saying like things come up from the past and childhood and I think for me that's a lot of stuff that I've been dealing with the last year or so is actually from childhood situations and my upbringing without having a dad there and my mum having to go out to work but I think it's so nice that you're putting it in a perspective of knowing that your child needs to learn all these things needs to learn that we can't be perfect all the time needs to know that it's so that element is like super interesting I think and I think that's going to really resonate with a lot of people and showing them our emotions is the greatest because you want to be like strong around them them, you want to be calm around them all the time you don't want to lose your shit around them and like also the husband situation as well like obviously everyone has different husband boyfriend situations whether it's single parent not whether they're working not working but I've seen that be a big thing in the industry in the situation of like my friends that have got kids is dealing with trying to have that self-care and making their other halves understand that or, or this is why like, I just think if there's any group that needs support it's, it's it mums entering yeah. into motherhood because not only are you having to grapple with a whole new version of yourself yeah who am I now I'm a mum God, I'm a mum. Yeah. You know, for me, I still don't really feel like a mum. It's strange. Mm. Um, I spoke to Julie Montague and she was like, I'm sure I've got four yeah. kids yeah. and I still don't feel like a mum. Yeah. And that gave me loads of yeah. you know, comfort. But 
You know, so I'm a mum now. I'm trying to navigate this relationship with probably the most important little being that's ever come into my life. And that is bringing up, mm. as we've been talking about, maybe all my control, maybe all my perfectionism, yeah, maybe all my with. guilt. That's coming up. And then, on top of that, we've also got to deal with our partners or not, or whatever's mm. going on there. So it does dramatically, in my experience, change that dynamic change yeah. that relationship that person is bringing their own stuff then you've got to work out how you're going to co-parent together so aligning on values yeah. things like sleeping arrangements when the baby's young is the baby going to be in the bed is it going to be in their own room are you going to breastfeed bottom? you know all these things that you've got to agree on before that moment you've never really you might have had like the whole what color should we paint the wall where should we live you know but it's very different very surface level yeah and then you've got all of the extended family and I'm sure loads of listeners experience this you've got to deal with mum-in-laws and your mums and your dads and cousins and friends who all think that you should do it a certain way so you know often when mums come to me they'll just be like bruised and exhausted and from all this sort Mm. of change and and if we haven't got the tools and this is what I'm so passionate about teaching if we haven't got the tools how do you you know where do you go go? often as you know we've been talking about if we haven't been taught that through our own childhoods we won't know it and so many of us are like I'm going to do it differently than my mum but the sort of heartbreaking thing is no you're not (laughs) well if we don't become aware of it conscious I would say if you think about our actions, reactions, mind as like, you know, grooves on record, mm. those grooves are set for us in our first five years of life. We know that. Yeah. If we don't consciously change those grooves through what I was talking about, meditation, yeah. therapy, coaching, yoga, journaling, yeah. if we don't consciously do something about that, we will just repeat those grooves. And that's where people go, oh, my God, I sound like my mum. Or, oh, my God, I've just done exactly what was done to me or oh my god I can't believe you know in some ways that can be really positive so I do an exercise with mums where I get them to say what do you want to take from your childhood all the good things like you're talking about with your mum yeah. it sounds like she's really hard working yeah. really dedicated and then what are the things that you would like to do differently because if we don't become aware of it we honestly just repeat the whole thing yeah for better or worse yeah honestly as someone who doesn't have children it is honestly the most interesting thing so I don't think you could be more spot on with how much of a need there is it's fascinating it's so fascinating because also the self work that I've been doing on myself the last year or so a lot of it does root from my childhood and a lot of it does root from the way that my mum was and like we're best friends now but she was so stressed as a mum when I was a kid because she was so busy trying to make money so that we could live because it was only her to do the best for you to do the best for me so there was that like by guilt kind of going on because I was like oh my god she's doing this for me and she well that's the other thing yeah. with guilt is that often we can unconsciously make our kids feel guilty yeah which is why I'm thinking like now when I see my friends struggling or kind of really battling things I'm like actually if I look back at where a lot of my stuff came from we, me and my mum went and saw someone together and he was like who do you think in this relationship is stressing who out he was like a spiritual guy it's brilliant I went oh well I'm stressing her out she's worried about me and that was when I was going through a really transitional stage with my job I was leaving my job and I was like broken with deciding what I wanted to do. And he went wrong and looked at my mum and he went, you're stressing her out. You're stressing out your daughter because you're worrying about her all the time and you're guilty for her childhood all the time. Mm-hmm. So now she's stressed and feels your guilt on her. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where maybe it's worth people, even if you're listening to this and you're pregnant, I know that there'll be some of my friends probably listening to this who are pregnant and like getting themselves ready well I do a workshop I did one on Saturday for pregnant did you yeah it's called Becoming Mum because I think there's so much out there about this is how you give birth this is how you bottle feed and this is how you do this and I was like where's the conversation about the emotional side of this I'm just about to say that to you you're learning so many new things as to like how do this 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 I've got to do this I can't eat this they're dealing with all the different foods they can't eat Mm -hmm. that That stuff's all super important but that's not my bag no but like where's the time for yeah you to learn about you know what if you've got a little bit of OCD or anxiety right now you might want to sort that out before you have your child or you might want to start doing work on that like I have again got friends in that position who I'm like little bit worried about when they have their children because I'm like you need to work on that before 
like yeah, I mean, or uh, yeah. it's going to maybe come up when it happens like, and you have to trust your journey as well yeah. you know everyone's on their own journey and stuff gets brought up to be healed at exactly the right time that it's meant to yeah. so we can't push people into these no. things but I wanted to create a space and a different conversation so really I run these Becoming Mum workshops mm-hmm. where we do exactly that exercise I said you know what values do you want to bring into your life as a mum mm. as a family what do you want to take from your family what do you want to leave behind you know honour and let go yeah. and then we talk about a self care plan for the early days so how are you going to look after you it's a three hour workshop people can wow. look on my website for other days I've noticed with all the work that I've done with like workshops and stuff is the self-care conversation is really tough because people don't get it until they're in. Like, we're in this epidemic, whether it's health, whether it's anything, of, like, until it's preventative, it's not really there. It's, like, when I'm dealing with that issue... Yeah, the problem is, is like, with a baby or a family, whatever age they are, you can't stitch your parachute on the way down. Yeah. You can't. You have to plan for this before you find yourself exhausted and depleted with a nine-month-old or a 19-year-old. You have to know what are your triggers. Mm. You know, what are the feelings that you're likely to go to? Is it anxiety? Is it overwhelm? Is it anger? Is it a combination of all three in the same five minutes? And what are the really simple, 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 simple tools that you can go to that you know are going to make you feel better? You've got to plan for it Mm. before you're in that situation it's too hard in the moment when you're on the floor and we all know what that feels like there's no way you're going to think what I need to do is have a glass of water and a walk in nature you're going to think what I need to do is put my head under the duvet eat the whole bar of dairy milk and drink a ton of coffee which is fine but if you're doing that every day that's not fine not fine yeah you're so right and then I guess you talked about it was actually after you gave birth that everything kind of like went a little bit out of control for you yeah. your like mental health kind yeah. of went in. and again friends I've spoken to at one point came to me like I think I'm a bit depressed or yeah. I th- what is it that causes like postnatal depression I know it's quite a big trojan of a conversation but like is it almost I'm, I'm trying to reference it to like things that I understand like postnatal depression can be like really seem to be this very big thing that people don't want to diagnose themselves with necessarily but there's probably a big surface level of depression going on yeah I mean I'm not a therapist and I'm not trained in Mm -hmm. postnatal depression so I sort of would never advise people medically from that perspective what I would say is you know there's loads of resource online have a look if you feel like you have postnatal depression go to your GP and get help but I think it's a good point I didn't have postnatal depression Mm. but I think like you say there's shades of it there's something called postnatal depletion Mm -hmm. and I absolutely related to that where I just felt like life had become a bit grey internally like I struggled to find the joy sort of you know Jessie would wake me up by crying at 5am and I would sort of think, oh, God, it's another day. Yeah. You know, yeah. that, like, depletion. Yeah. It's different than the under depression. Yeah, you know, it's if like you look a down more chest, probably affecting more yeah, women. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think it's affecting a lot of women. Yeah. I actually think there are a lot of women out there in those first couple of years who just feel a bit flat a lot of the time. Mm. And it's only when we start to come out of it, like I am now, Jessie's two and a half, and I've got my spring back in my step, and I look back, I think, God, yeah. I remember the time time when, like, trying to get a load of washing done felt like climbing Everest. Just that exhaustion. Yeah. And that feeling like wading through treacle a little bit. Mm. So I would say get help and support around that. Mm. Know that that's, you know, normal. There's nothing wrong. You haven't done anything wrong. It is a time of huge transition in our bodies. Yeah. And I think we also need to change the conversation around getting our bodies back. Yeah. And I would love, if Mother Kind could do one thing, I'd like to focus it on sorting our mental health and thinking about looking after ourselves before we go anywhere near a gym or a hip Yeah, so that was going to be where I was leading on to. Do you think a lot of mums just kind of... I've seen it with my friends. They're like, literally, baby out, gym, hi, I need to get back into shape. Yeah. So there's that. And this is probably where our work really aligns quite well, is actually my whole message at the moment as a PT is like, people are going to the gym with absolutely no connection from their mind. They're going from a place of hate. They're going from a place of, I need to get this done. I have to do it, otherwise I'm going to feel guilty if I don't. it's fear-based, isn't it? It's like, I've had a baby, my body's changed, and that's hard for a lot of people. If they've been used to feeling really good about their, you know, what their body looks like. You know, our boobs sag, and our belly sags, and everything changes about our body. And what I would say is, 
coming from that energy of punishing our bodies and wanting to get straight back in shape. You know, I, I like deep conversations. So if someone came to me like that, I would ask them, you know, what is in it? What is it in you mm. that makes you feel like you have to have this perfect yeah. body back? And often it comes back to what we were talking about with the Same girls. Things, yeah. Not good enough. Yeah. And not loving yourself enough. Don't love myself. I'll yeah. love myself when I've got my six pack yeah. back. But if our love for ourselves is conditional, you know, we'll put that onto something else or something else and mm. we will never feel good about ourselves and that's a shame and we don't want to teach that to our girls which is what I worry about because I think we are creating working with so many girls at this level of you know that transitional stage of their life who haven't got kids yet what they're doing to their bodies and their mindset I can't imagine what's going to happen when they do start having children well the the positive is a lot of mums that I talk to it massively changes that so things has to go out of the window kind of but also I think when you have children it's this is why I think it's a great window for this kind of conversation because you naturally are going to think about what am I telling my Mm. children about bodies you know what am I telling my girls or my son or you know about how I feel about myself Mm. can I be confident however I look and you know there's a great documentary Embrace isn't there and she talks about that in there that she having children was one of the triggers for her to look at her behaviour and I think there's such a natural window of time when we become mums where we think what am I really doing here Mm. you know what really are my values what really do I do I do what do I want to pass on you know it's like a natural time of consciousness best time of healing healing. unfortunately you have no time and that's where I come in but yeah so I do see a lot of mums who say I've learned to love my body I think also the process of your body growing another human, <laughs> watching your body birth yeah. with zero intervention from you. So yeah. if you think about it, we do nothing and our body grows. It just Even. knows how to do yeah. it. And it knows how to birth. Yeah. And, you know, I've found such a reverence for my body. Probably makes you see finally for the first time in your life what an amazing thing your body, without like having to think about it or force yourself to think about it you're shown how incredible your body is and what it can do I'm still blown away by it when I think about it and I really geeked out on learning about what What happens to our bodies and and the biology of it and how perfect you know you go through birth and the exact right amount of hormones are released in your body at exactly the right time to deal with the exact point at which you're in labour it's insane and when you get into it you know the things that happen between breastfeeding and you know I'm not an advocate for breastfeeding Mm. at all I think do what you've got to do but when you get into the science it's mind blowing of what our bodies are doing and I think if we can take that then into the relationship with what our bodies look like yeah and I know you do a lot of work yeah. so I'm talking about it I think it can be a real time for transforming that and moving our bodies lovingly that's why I love yoga yeah for mums and new mums and Just I think it in general change my life yeah it's amazing yeah. and I think I'm not a physical health expert mm. and I'm not a woman's health expert but there are lots of amazing amazing ones out there and I think our pelvic floors you know we shouldn't be at hip classes or even running no so I think there's lots of amazing people on Instagram the mummy coach is great on this and mother's wellness toolkit they're both Pilates teachers who talk a lot about this but we need to be careful and if you're going to start exercising make sure you've had a postnatal check yeah don't, don't just, just don't just it. like start running so you again <laughs> same thing though when you're saying if I was to say to you what would you say to a mum who wants to get back or just even feeling good maybe she's like I don't want the perfect body but I just want to go to the gym but to feel good it is literally just having that mindset would you say the biggest advice you would give them is to just keep your mindset about you as to like why you're going yeah I think wanting to move our bodies and have a bit of time out is amazing mm. I, I'm like massive championing of that for me I would do a walk around the common or a really yeah. gentle yoga class I think it's all about the intention so come back to what is your intention yeah. if your intention is I feel uncomfortable in my skin I cannot bear my new saggy belly Mm. and I want to go and pound it out and it comes from that harsh punishing place that's really different really different than I want to move my body I want to get into nature I want to do some gentle stretching I mean I did some gentle stretching on like day three of Jessie because I just wanted to get into my body you know it's a lovely way of getting out of our heads 
we drop into our body and we give our crazy overthinking minds a break which is what we need when we're yeah but that's the thing it's this moving from a place of intention and like that is everything that i'm trying to get girls to do and i'm about to launch my own class method on it because it's like moving from a place of love from a place of intention there's no better feeling than when you go to work out with a mindset of love, like, and a mindset of being like, yeah, I'm doing this for myself because I want to and it feels yeah. good. Yeah, and then we can shed all the rules, can't yeah. we? Because the rules don't apply they're, anymore. They're irrelevant. Yeah. yeah, and I think that that's such a message anyway in general. I guess the biggest thing that I'm taking away from, from what you've said is that it's A, what do you want to pass on and whenever you're feeling a little bit in different places that really, like, all of these messages are what we want to pass on to our children, like, what we want to pass yeah. on, like, being a reflection of that. But I guess really the key thing here and it's so interesting is, like, it's journaling, it's writing down your feelings, it's meditating, it's being more conscious and more mindful. Doing and, it in a work. Yeah. Or work sounds a bit there. One of my programmes that I run for months is called, it's called Reconnect to You. Yeah. And it's exactly about that. You know, we can lose ourselves. And actually, Motherhood, as I was talking about, is such a good window to heal all that stuff that we don't need anymore. All those beliefs that we had about ourselves, mm. I'm not enough, I need to be perfect... You know, we can choose to bring all that into our parenting and make it way harder than yeah. it needs to be. Or we could choose to be way kinder to ourselves. So and part of being kinder to ourselves is looking at ourselves. It's not letting ourselves do whatever we want. That's not self-kindness. Yeah. Self-kindness is going, why don't I feel good? Why don't I, yeah. And often, as you were talking about, it will come back to some modelling or some message that we subconsciously picked up in our first five yeah. years and we're still playing out. That you didn't even know that you didn't picked even it up. Know. That's the tough part. Is like you realise things. I literally had this conversation with my mum yesterday. We went to visit my dad's tree, and she was like, "You weren't affected by it, were you?" And I was like, "Yeah, no, I really was, because he died before I was born. So I kind of like never had. It's a wow. really interesting story. And like he died on my due date, and I was two weeks late. And I always kind of felt like I never lost, like because I never lost. And I said to her, I was like, I always kind of felt not worthy of feeling bad about it because you lost your husband a week before a brand new baby came into the world then you had to deal with that life and my sister was seven and had to handle that so I guess I was always like subconsciously felt sorry for you two and couldn't imagine the world that you two were living in while I was a baby Mm. you know handling this most amazing miracle because my mum couldn't have children so it was a bit of a miracle handling that emotion whilst also handling the fact that your husband's just died I guess I kind of always thought who am I to feel loss yeah and actually, it's now I'm 28 and I'm doing a lot of inner work. I have, I really did lose out big time by not having that father figure. And my mum chose not to remarry because she thought she was protecting me. Of course. So, like, 100%, like, I think it's such a good time. And now you're talking about it. And I'm at a time of my life where I'm like, you know what? I'd love to have children in the next few years. It makes me even feel like, okay, it's really important that I deal with all my inner... Like, you know, I finish this off because I want to make sure that I do not bring that in to another life so I know that my friends will probably be listening to this going okay how do I work with Zoe like what do I do I know they will I know it's going to happen so I know you have two coaching programs where they get to work with you one to one yeah and then they follow kind of suit with work throughout that time yeah just literally briefly because we're literally running out of time just explain those programs well they're all on the website which is motherhood.co but I've got two coaching programs one's called reconnect to you which is who am I now? I'm experiencing all these feelings. I don't know how to handle this new life. I really help people for three months of working with me just to come back to themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and it's quite a structured program using loads of techniques that I've learned across my coaching, across NLP, meditation, yeah. yoga. So it brings in all my trainings mm-hmm. and it's quite a transformational program and the next one is about guilt it's called freedom from guilt which isn't really that you will never feel guilt again it's that you make peace with your guilt so it's like I was talking about we help categorize where's all this guilt coming from normally it's that people are being way too hard on themselves Mm -hmm. so I will help them and mirror them and I've got all the studies so I know you know when someone's saying I'm a working mum and my kid's going to be screwed up forever I can say actually there was a study done last year said the kids are working mums turn out to be happier and more successful you know I've got all of these stats so I can help people probably should have done a facts and fads like stats yeah I'm I'm all into my stats because I think it's really helpful how people rationalise it studies are like whatever you know there are loads of studies but I just think the fact that someone's looked at it and you always take it with a pinch of salt but in my experience it's really helpful to say this showed this and everything that your head is telling you hasn't been proven your head is telling you something that isn't true so that's 
freedom from guilt. Yeah. And then I run talks. I'm doing a talk with you on yes, in June, middle of June, 14th of June. I'm at Wilderness doing. I'm doing Wilderness, yeah, amazing. Yeah, I am doing workshops. It's all on the great. So website. yeah, it will all be in the bottom of this podcast and the link uh, to Zoe's site. And also, she's got lots of meditations on there, which I highly encourage all of my friends that are listening to get on the and board. my own podcast. Yes, I and you do that. Just yeah. a small thing. She also has her own podcast. So for all of you, that actually is probably like godsend to all of you because I think it will help. Yes. Yeah, so on the podcast, I speak to some of like the UK's and the world's actually best yeah. well-being thinkers and therapists, and I get them to put their teachings all through the lens of motherhood. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So check that out. That will also be. I'll put the link in that at the bottom of this. Thank you so so much for tuning in, and thank you. Sally, oh, thank for you. Coming. Um, it's been a pleasure. You have been listening to the Alternatively Healthy Wellness Podcast Series by Becky Rabin. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please feel free to leave your comments and feedback below and don't forget to give us a lovely little rating. For more information on our podcasts, other episodes and to find out more about what we do, please visit www.alternativelyhealthy.co.uk And remember, shaping the healthiest version of you means looking purely at you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.